This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we take up the episode, What Are Little Girls Made Of? Compliance. The Final Frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission? To explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Episode 7, What Are Little Girls Made Of? Start 8, 2712.4. After the Enterprise travels to planet Exo in order to investigate the fate of Dr. Roger Corby, Nurse Chapel's former fiancé, security guards Matthews and Rayburn are both killed after beaming down with Kirk and Nurse Chapel. It turns out that Corby, known as the Pasteur of Archaeological Medicine, has discovered the remains of an ancient culture. Using machinery he found, he creates androids Braun and Andrea with the help of Rock, a still-functioning android from the ancient days of XO3. Corby begins implementing a dastardly plan by creating an android of Kirk to be taken to Minus 5, where he will start spreading androids throughout the galaxy. The real Kirk and Corby's android are completely indistinguishable. The android even knows Kirk has a brother named George Samuel Kirk, called only called Sam by Jim Kirk only, who saw Kirk off with his wife and three sons. We meet one of those three sons on a later episode. Fortunately, Kirk had shown great presence of mind while his mental patterns were being duplicated by concentrating on the words, quote, Mind your own business, Mr. Spock. I'm sick of your half-breed interference. Do you hear? End quote. He ingrained the phrase into the circuitry of the android who dutifully repeated them when aboard the Enterprise. Hearing these words from Kirk, Spock suspected something was amiss and follows the android down to the surface to investigate. In the meantime, Corby has been forced to destroy Rock, who remembered the equation, existence, survival, must cancel out programming. This equation led Rock to realize that the same kind of clash between humans and androids, which led to the civilization's demise centuries ago, is becoming inevitable again, and caused him to attempt to kill Corby. However, Corby catches his hand in the door, revealing the fact that he himself is an android. Andrea then destroys the Kirk android when he refuses to kiss her. When she tries to kiss Corby, Corby destroys them both, ridding the universe of XO3 androids for all time. So what's a fun fact from this episode? Well, Sherry Jackson, the actress who played Andrea, said in an interview that uh, 
Captain Kirk, when Captain Kirk kissed her, I must say, when he kissed me on screen, he really kissed me. Uh, that would certainly hold true for uh, other women that uh, Bill Shatner kissed in a Star Trek uh, episode, uh, most notably Nichelle Nichols in her kiss, which was the first interracial kiss um, on the small screen. And uh, I heard an interview with her, and all she said was, it was Bill Kirk after all. I really enjoyed this episode. I find the uh, questions around what is a sentient being, uh, what is artificial intelligence, what is a robot, how does that relate to humanity, endlessly fascinating. So this episode was right up uh, there. You could have almost said uh, Skynet was self-aware after this episode, and you wouldn't be half wrong when you consider the equation that Rock recalled uh, that led him to his personal revolt against Dr. Corby and being killed. So um, this wasn't a uh, little boy uh, who was trying, or the puppet who was trying to become a little boy, which of course is the story of Pinocchio. This was um, sentient beings, or at least robots, who thought they were sentient, who had the opportunity to integrate in with the uh, human race and unfortunately for Dr. Corby, take it over. So uh, lots to digest here from the uh, science fiction perspective, uh, great storytelling, um, a great uh, script, and uh, great acting, uh, particularly by uh, Ted Lang, who played uh, Rock as well. One interesting point is that there was an H.P. Lovecraft reference uh, in the script, uh, and it's to the old ones and the look of the trapezoid doors in the cavern. So we don't get too many H.P. Lovecraft references, but that came from Richard Block, who um, wrote the uh, episode, although there were rewrites by Gene Roddenberry in this uh, episode. So I hope you enjoy it. It's got some interesting compliance lessons, which we will explore in the next segment. Compliance lessons from this episode. I thought this episode provided some very interesting compliance lessons learned. The first one was around your compliance policies and procedures and even internal controls. Um, Corby asked Kirk to disregard his standard operating procedure when beaming to the surface by only bringing a uh, not his away, a typical uh, landing party but only two security guards who he leaves uh, at um, the front of the entrance to the caverns where Corby resides. And because of this, Kirk is put in danger after Rock kills the two red shirts. So if you're going to have an exception to your security protocols, your safety protocols, or your compliance protocols, you need to have a backup plan in place and you need to note the reason why you have done so. Um, second, and it's going to relate directly to point three, but uh, number two is opaqueness. Uh, when uh, Roger Corby wants Kirk to take him to another planet, he wants to introduce androids into the population slowly, but in uh, 
in opaqueness uh, so that the population would not know about this. Corby is apparently concerned that there would be a negative reaction to androids uh, who could pass as people being substituted in a population, and he wants to do so so that uh, he can basically take control, but it's taking control through subterfuge. So it once again points out that opaqueness is really not something to be utilized by the compliance practitioner. And that, of course, leads to point number three, which is transparency. Uh, if you're going to bring this type of technology uh, forward, and frankly, uh, even though this is 50 years after the original series, one might even say it's more prescient now than it was in 1967, or excuse me, 1966, when this episode was released, about Android technology, and today, of course, it's artificial intelligence, um, it has to be done so with transparency. And the reason you have transparency, or one of the reasons for transparency, is that you build uh, trust, and you build relationships, and you build engagement. And so here, if there had been transparency with the uh, implementation or integration of an Android population into a human population, there would have been more engagement, and there would have been more discussion, and more people would have been uh, in on the secret, and more people would have then been able to be more comfortable with the decision, and the same is true in the corporate setting today. Um, you don't have to institute uh, artificial intelligence uh, uh, in a manner which no one will know about. In fact, you should do so with uh, everyone on board because artificial intelligence is simply just hypercomputer power, and you must have the human touch and the human characteristics involved in it. So lots of real interesting lessons from this case, or rather this episode, and I hope you'll join us tomorrow when we take up the episode, Miri. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.